truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. I'm back. Call me if you need it one more time. I'm Sarah. back. <laughs> uh, sorry, I missed you guys so much yesterday. I know Jason held the fort down, but I but have a I? little bit of an issue. By the way, for those of you watching on Blaze TV, uh, you're welcome for me wearing my lovely Christmas sweater. And if I may, it uh, it has a cat on it. Crazy cat lady. Here we go. Santa pause. Do you get it? <laughs> pause. You get it? It's clever. It's very clever. Uh, uh, so I heard some little birdies around the studio told me that uh, that I was supposed to be making some gourmet sandwich for Jason here, a member of the patriarchy. I told you, patriarchy right? Patriarchy is alive and well. I said, go get me a sandwich. I'm tired of this crap. And, uh, you know, so I was I was slaving away on this sandwich the entire morning and actually into the evening. I didn't sleep. I was working on this sandwich the entire time. (laughs) And I wanted to be able to, I brought it, for those of you watching uh, on on air, on on television, I brought it in this baggie for him, as you can see. It doesn't look like what I ordered. This lovely, no, look, here, Jason. I specifically said. Here. This is like, what is this crap? What? Sarah, go back and fix this. What is going on here? It's a sandwich. That's not a sandwich. I said the last time I think we checked in, I was requesting tomatoes and guacamole being added to this. Well, you got way. two pieces of cheese. This is on the bread. this is the butts of the bread, <laughs> the heel <laughs> with a couple of cheeses in here. You wanted a sandwich. <laughs> I got screwed. That's I, what you get believe. when you try to tell me what to do. <laughs> okay. All right. I guess that's true. <laughs> okay. I have to vent about my morning. It's been a really interesting morning. <laughs> what? <laughs> Two two pieces of bread, two pieces of cheese. That used to be my lunch in elementary school. We were poor, okay? So this morning has been quite an eventful morning for me. And I just, I have to, I have to just let it out on uh, public school because I've had some real issues. So for those of you who don't know, I put my, my son, my son is in um, first grade and he it's his first year in public school because last year I had him in a private school, homeschool hybrid. So it was a Christian school, but he went twice a week and then I had the homeschool curriculum to homeschool him twice a week. Now, that was before my schedule got so crazy the way that it is now. We started filming the news and why it matters. And so I couldn't do that this year. So I had to put him in public because, I mean, single mom problems. I'm not trying to spend $20,000 a year for my kid to go through elementary school. So he's been in public and I've noticed all of these um, <clears throat> all of these situations and just these interesting observations about how different this public school is from the school that he went to before. So, for instance, you know, uh, it's five minutes before the bell rings. They're not late. None of the students are late. They get out of their carpool, out of their car and carpool and they walk to the front door and they've got these people from the office staff literally just screaming at them let's go let's go let's go let's go just over and over and i'm like they're not dogs they're not cattle like kid <laughs> and and you know you you hear kids complain so much i, I don't want to go to school it's boring i don't like it Lady, you're not helping me create a positive environment for my kid to go to school when you're screaming at them first thing in the morning to get in the door. Mind you, they're all walking. None of them are like 
standing still. They're all walking towards the door, right? But you've got these, these you know, uh, staff members who clearly are just there. They don't really care about the kids is the only thing that I can uh, that, that I can observe from it because they just sound so miserable like they don't want to be there. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So today... I walked in with my son. We were plenty early. And I want to hear from the listeners. And I want you guys to tell me if I am being uh, if I am being unreasonable. Triple eight nine zero zero three three nine three. if you want to call oh, in. Oh, yeah. Call, yeah, yeah call tw- in. Tweet at us. Yeah, tweet yeah. at us or you can call call that number. Uh, the, and again, that's 888-900-3393. So I... <laughs> All right. I'm going to tell this story one way and then I'm going to give you a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to elaborate a little more. So... My son, I've I've had a crazy season. Jason, you know a little bit more about it personally, yeah. what I've been going through. But my life has been crazy for the last several months. And I would have cracked already. So women are obviously stronger and more stable than it, men. And this is a good example. It's of- been insane. My personal <laughs> life has just been insane. I've been dealing with some really big uh, issues. So um, I, my son said, oh, I want to give my teacher a Christmas present tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, crap. I always do the presents for the teachers. And I had so much going on that I completely forgot. And I was like, I know you're right. Let's let's get her something. So are I you, had. Are, are you the mom that bakes the cookies for the entire class and all that stuff, too? Hell no. Oh, you don't go that far? <laughs> no. I'm not baking anyone cookies. And if I did, they wouldn't want them because they'd be like gluten-free, dairy-free, Healthy, low calorie. So, or they look like this sandwich. Yeah, I do bet you really? Too. Do you really want me making your cookies when I make a sandwich that looks like that? So, but I, I put something in a in a gift bag for her that was breakable, and um, I said, you know, we've got her present. We're good. Let's go. I will. I will walk you into your class early so that we can hand her the present because it's breakable. And you know, sometimes a six year old isn't like super careful with things that are breakable. (laughs) So we walk in and I walk into the office and I know you have to get a badge to be in the building. I completely am on board with that. I understand safety protocol. They all know me there. It's not a big deal. So I walk in and I'm like, hey, can I get a badge so that I can uh, walk this gift to his teacher because it's breakable? And they were like, oh, no, you're not allowed back there. And I was just like, I'm sorry. And she said, well, you're just, we have the, these rules that during instructional time, you're not supposed to be back there. And I said, well, it's, we're early. Class hasn't, school hasn't started yet. That's why we came early. And she said, well, I know, but I mean, really it's, I know that it's school hasn't started, but you, we just really don't allow it. And I said, okay, so at what time would I need to come? How early would I need to come to be able to drop this off for his teacher? I'm just trying to deliver a Christmas present. And she said, well, there's really no time that you could come before or after school. You'd need to make an appointment. What? How bizarre is that? Uh, and at this point, I'm like, okay, <laughs> my son has to go to school here. So I'm not trying to you know, make any enemies. But what I'm hearing is sounding really, really ridiculous for a place that my tax dollars go to and a place where I'm constantly donating money for their programs and I'm not allowed to walk my son to his class with a present that is breakable. So she's like, well, I mean, he can just walk it himself. Or And I was just like, okay, sure, go ahead. See you later, son. And I let him go. And uh, I just, I, I was beside myself. 
and you know me, I wrote a letter to the principal as soon as I got home <laughs> because I was just like, this is, this is ridiculous. I mean, I feel like I'm taking my kid to jail, not school. Like it shouldn't feel like I'm taking him to jail. You don't have to be so militant. I understand if there's a rule that says during instructional time, parents are not supposed to be there because it's disruptive. I completely agree with that. But to take it to that extreme, to the militant extreme of just, no, you can't walk in early before class starts to hand your son's teacher a Christmas present. Yeah. is absolutely insane to me. And then she said, she said, well, there was a party yesterday where you could have done that. Oh, and I was gosh. like, lady, I work for a living. I was working. I was on air at the time that that party was going on. But I'm supposed to leave my job when I'm in the middle of trying to be on air to go give my teacher, my son's teacher, a Christmas present because I'm not allowed to go do it in the morning. Yeah, Absolutely ridiculous to me now the other part of the story is that it was a bottle of wine that i was giving her and i didn't want my son walking with a bottle of wine in the just walking in the the you know the hallways because i was afraid that someone you know you know how public school is that i mean i'm i could get a call being like oh we've expelled him because he had alcohol on the premises (laughs) you know i'm like i'm trying to get his teacher some mom juice or some teacher juice because I know what it's like having a child, you know, um, I can't imagine what it's like having 14 of them. So actually, all I heard just now, Sarah, Mm -hmm. is that you made your son into an alcohol mule. (laughs) Yep, Yep, that's what I did. And you just admitted to it. That's what I did. That's what I did. (laughs) You know, okay, so uh, all joking aside, I I know that schools have a lot of, uh, they have like a lot of liability issues that they're worried about right now. Yes. Um, I remember when I was in California, this was insane, uh, a, a similar situation where it was a, like, I don't know, it wasn't a pe- straight parent, but it was like an aunt and uncle. No, no, it was like, it was an, I think it was an uncle, mm-hmm. uncle or grandparent, something like that, um, was also a, uh, a, uh, was on the list for, uh, uh, for what was, what is it? The, uh, not sexual harassment, the, uh. Um, sex crimes list. Okay, okay. They were on that, and uh, they didn't know that, but they were on the list for someone that could get, go into the school, you know, to pick up the kid or whatever. Right, right. Which is really weird because yes. they're not supposed to be near the school. Correct. Um, but they, but but they actually went into the school, went to the classroom, and molested a kid in mm. one of the bathrooms. Mm. Um, I mean, just like really weird stuff like that. But in my opinion, what you went through and uh, and some of these cases. Is that there's no real security in schools. No, there's not. It's, it's the illusion of security. Yes. And it's the stupid junk. Like this this lady sounded like she was just lying to you because they didn't really have a policy. Right. She was like, oh, n- not during instruction time. Lady, it's not instruction time. Right. So what you just did was lied to me. Right. Because you really don't know what to do. Yeah, exactly. Didn't because, know what to do. Yes, because they they take it too far and they don't understand when to be when to be flexible. You know what I mean? It's like everything has to be super militant because they're so worried about liability, but they let stuff like that fall through the cracks all the time, yet they won't let a mom walk up Christmas present to a teacher. You know what? This is so this is interesting. I am before I came to work here. I was going to leave my other job and I was going to go be a uh, or I was going to try was trying to be a uh, the the person that was in charge of security for an entire uh, school district in a city, uh, an independent school district. And uh, they wanted to like they wanted someone with a lot of background in security, which I had, mm-hmm. and uh, intelligence mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And I was like, "Hey, this is me." And so they had me talk about the, some of the changes after evaluating their security, what I would do, versus another guy that had a lot more experience. But he, I think, he was like in the FBI or something like that. The guy I was going against, and he was like retired FBI, so I had more experience. But he was used to playing the game. Yeah. So everything he said didn't require hardly any money. 
just a few procedural things different. But I wanted like actual hard security installed. It wasn't invasive. Like the mm-hmm. kids wouldn't even have noticed. But everything that I was talking about would have actually provided safety. Right. For some of these cases, actual security oh, and safety. No, and they we can't didn't... talk actual security and safety, Jason. No, that's, that, just that's not what... allowed in public schools. Once I went through this process, I became terrified of my kids in yep. public school. Yep. I was like, no, they really don't give a crap. Mm-hmm. It's all about liability. They're putting people up in the in, the, in like the front desk uh, uh, um, offices, exactly the same. It sounds mm-hmm. like that you talk to, mm-hmm. where they don't even know what they're doing. They have no policies, procedures. If an actual you know emergency happens, they don't know. So they're making it up on the fly, mm-hmm. like saying. Oh, nobody during instructional times. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, I know. I was just like, <clears throat> I I pay for this school to exist. If I want to walk in the school with my son, you have my ID, right? It's not like she didn't know who I was. She has my ID. I've been able to go and, you know, I go with him and eat lunch with him every once in a while when I can. It was absolutely ridiculous. And this is the same woman who's screaming at them. The entire, you know, the entire time they're trying to walk in the door. And so I in my letter to the to the principal, I was just like, look, I get it. Like, I can't imagine how hard it is to corral all of these kids to get them to their classes on time. I get it that punctuality is is a big deal. I'm not trying to say just let the kids, you know, just run around and not have any kind of of stability. I don't want chaos. But what I'm saying is just a simple reframing. Of what she, of what she's saying. Let's use her for an example. You know, instead of saying, let's go, let's go, let's go and yelling at them. Why not? Hey, guys, we are so excited you're here. Come on in. You know, we're we're really excited about today or, you know, whatever you can say. Just a simple reframing or perhaps, I don't know, a smile on your face instead of a scowl might just make it just a little bit more positive for them to actually want to go to school. It just it it's just a very simple reset that they could be doing just to make it. and, And that's not what at his other school. It was nothing like this. They were always happy. They were always excited. They were always positive. And if I wanted to go to my son's class to go give his teacher something, I didn't get grief. Yeah. I had to sign in, which is absolute. I mean, I'm happy to do that. Anytime they ever ask me to sign in and show my ID, I am like, I will happily give you whatever you would like because I like to know that you are doing that for everyone. Yeah. I, I would I, I would have even I would push forward if you're not happy with your response you get from the principal and say, this makes me actually think that you guys don't really know what to do in these situations. Like yes. there should be a written set of policies and guidelines for how to handle these situations. That woman clearly doesn't know what they are, but it makes me think that it's not just the problem with that one person, that this is an actual issue with the entire school. Yes, I agree. And dare I say entire school district. I agree. And I I would say, look, can you can you lay it out like what this is what's on paper at the next PTA meeting? Right. This is how we handle these situations. At least give me the confidence, you know, that I can send my kid here knowing that there's policies and guidelines that are being followed. Right. So either she needs to be trained or you guys need to write these policies and guidelines up to and you need to post them and make make it because right now I don't know. Hold everyone accountable. Yeah. Hold everyone accountable for whatever the policy is going to be. I wish parents would do that more often because I think a lot of times we're kind of stuck in that. You know, like, oh, we were students one, uh, one day, too, and we just do everything the teacher says and we yeah. don't question. You well, know, and, and I'm all I'm also scared of, you know, I mean, again, my son has to go to school there. I don't want to make it. You know, I don't I don't want to be like that mom. You know what I mean? I don't want to be that mom that sends all of these mad emails and then they treat, and then they be treat him differently. And so I held off for the longest time. I kept saying. 
I really want to send a, a, a note to the principal. I really want to send a note to the principal. Uh, this this just didn't feel right to me. I feel like I should say something. And then after today, I I, I was just over the edge. Yes, yeah, I said I'm okay. I'm done playing nice. I'm going to send the email. It was very respectful, and it was very much like I understand your position. I'm very grateful to you guys for everything that you do. However, there are some issues. Yeah. And I'm not okay with them. And maybe it's that you don't know it as the principal. So you need me to point it out to you. This is a, you know, I, and this is a larger issue. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I had no idea you were going that, that way this morning, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> because it's like, how many times have you gone to, do you go to PTA meetings? I've never been to one. So I've, I, what's funny is like our, my, my kid's school, yeah. they like trick you into it. They don't say it's a PTA meeting. They say like one, one year, they were like, it's Veteran Appreciation Day. No I'm way. I'm dead serious. Oh. So they were like, the kids are going to sing a song. That's and so we like, so yeah. funny. So we show up to see, to see them. And then my son's like, make sure you're there because they're going to call you up to the front. You know, when they call the Marine yeah. Corps veteran yeah. dads out there. I was like, cool. So like, I'm, so, they're so we go. But, you. but before they're like, oh, so we can't wait. The kids are ready. But before that, we've got a cute <gasps> few measures in our docket here to vote on today. That is I mean, you gotta be so kidding. funny. So the first forty five minutes kind of brilliant. That. That's kind of brilliant. It is, <laughs> but but I so all of these that I've gone to, and I've gone to a lot of them because I'm tricked into these a lot. But all of these I've gone to, there's been these budget issues where I'm like, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. And nobody will say a thing. And now everyone is scared to death when I walk in because I always raise my hand on principle. I so like, completely can see that. The, I know, I right? Just, see it just now. because. And the last one it was, it was so funny. They were like, um, yeah, and they're nervously looking in my direction. <laughs> we want to um, push forward the motion <laughs> to... Um, Are there any objections? Yeah, and it was uh, for an ice maker in the teacher's lounge okay. that was going to cost $10,000. $10,000. Now think about... What every, is it? Is it ice made of gold? I don't know. I was like, does, does, does a plasma flat screen what TV come ice maker? Like, attached to it or something? Yeah. It's like a pair of leather jeans, Jeez. you know, fly out. I don't know. But anyway, so it was like, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So they're like, yeah, um, we just want to like, if, if there are any votes of dissent or whatever, however it was, but of course my hand shoots up <laughs> and I'm like $10,000 for an ice maker. And I was like, does anybody have an issue with that? I was like, what's, I was like in my day and my, you know, like back in the day, you just filled up the little in like in my day. In my day, you filled up the little like. Remember those little like things you put in your freezer? Yeah. You just filled up tray. the water. Yeah, the ice tray. Yeah. What's wrong with that? By the way, I still have one of those. Oh, I moved away from that. No, but. it's well because I'm crazy and it's stainless steel. <laughs> because Ooh. I yeah I, I, w- I went through a phase where I was like I don't Stain- trust the plastic. <laughs> a st- oh, I don't trust steel the plastic, phase. and so it's a stainless steel container, and you fill it up with I fill it up with my uh, my filtered water. I respect that. And I put that. it I in the stainless that. steel ice tray, and I put it in the freezer. But it's an option over a ten thousand dollar ice maker. Absolutely, for crying out loud. Absolutely. And then I was like, and and. And so then they were kind of complaining. They were saying it was like speed and sometimes you have to rush in there, whatever. I was like, okay, so have them pre done up in the morning, right. you know, the night before. But then I was like, so what Prepare. is the cutoff time when you run out of funds and you have to inc- ask for another bond and increase our, our property taxes? And then I yeah. like stand. And at this point, I stand up and go, because that's what we're all here to talk about, <laughs> oh, right? No. That's what we care about, right? Oh, no. And I'm like trying to get people riled up. You know what I mean? You were Jerry Maguire. <laughs> Who's Jason coming was with just me? Jerry Maguire. Who's coming with me and bringing I got the fish? The, I got the fish. Yeah. <laughs> Who's coming with me, school? That is so funny. Yeah. I can totally see you doing that. So anyway. Uh, yeah, so I'll be curious to see what she says. But uh, but I, I just had to just get that off my chest because it just irks me so much. Um, also, 
talking about crazy mornings. <laughs> so as you know, uh, I am going off to get married Exciting. at the end of the year. Yeah, it's dope. This is our last day at work before uh, before that happens. And uh, when you go get married overseas, of course, it's not valid, right? I mean, you. I mean, it's valid there, but we're not living in the Dominican. We're going to come back. We're getting married in the Dominican. When did you realize this? Because did, did, did your did your fiance uh, know this beforehand? Because I'm wondering if that was like his backup plan. Like, just All right, listen, you and Glenn <laughs> keep talking to me about these planned loopholes that he supposedly has. No, we knew. <laughs> Stephen was twisting his mustachios. No. <laughs> so because of that, we knew that we had to. They and, and they even said at the resort, they said, we will perform this ceremony for you, but you have to show us proof that you have a marriage license that you've already, you know, you you're, quote, married. But we said, well, we don't want to spend all this money to go get married on the beach and have some big ceremony before we go. That doesn't make sense to do it, to pay to do it twice. Yeah. So we went and got our marriage license and I was talking to Glenn about it. And he said, well, you know, I'm an ordained minister. And I said, well, great. Could you just sign it? And without, you know, we don't need to do the whole big ceremony. I was in the room and I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a joke, I totally too. I thought it was a joke. He, I think it's the, uh, the, the universal life, the Church of Universal Life in Modesto, California, is what he said. Just something crazy. That, um, and he said, no, I'll sign it. That's fine. I'll do it for you. And so we raced in there in between breaks in radio. And I said, were you serious? Because I have my marriage license right here. Will you, will you sign it? Can I see that one? Yeah. And um, he said, yeah, okay. And then Stu said, well, let's do it on air. And I said, oh, <laughs> crap. Oh, crap. So <laughs> I'm pretty Glenn sh- basically just married us on air. So what happened there? Because remember, I brought that up yesterday. And there, and then it was decided not to do it on air. Well, and then today, I know because Stu said, well, says the idea. It's always per- it was a good idea. He's performing, he's performing a legit ceremony when we get back. Because he said, it's going to bother me if I, I can't up? just... Yeah, that's what he's going to do it here. Oh, sick. Yeah. So special we'll edition news and why mm-hmm. it matters. Mm-hmm. Wedding edition. <laughs> well, so you, well, you'll, you'll go through the vows, but then you'll ask us like why certain stories matter in between or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it. Yeah. We're doing it. Yeah. So, so, uh, I guess I'm officially married now. It's not the same, though, right? It's not the same because we're going to go through the the whole big ceremony. We're getting married directly on the beach. I, you know, I'm going to wear this big ridiculous uh, dress that's so over the top. Oh, because no, it's, it's me. not. It's gorgeous. Thank I've you. seen it. Yeah, Thank sincerely, you. it is gorgeous. Thank you. So it will, you know, it'll still be our wedding when we go. But uh, yeah, this I, I should have known better than to expect that anything would go as I'm thinking it should be planned to go when I. Ask Glenn something. <laughs> I should have known better than I should have known that I couldn't get away with just doing it off air. It's going to be amplified times a thousand. Yeah. If you when you in, in, invoke the big man, I should have honestly. known. I should so have known. what is what is Stephen going to wear? I'm curious. Um, he, that's got, he's got to he's got to kind of raise his game to match the dress. Yeah. I mean, it is the beach. So I feel like he can get away with he has some flexibility there. So he has a it's a basically a linen. So so linen tan linen pants. And uh, a vest to go with it. And they told us the with the package that we chose, the colors could be white or fuchsia. And I was like, okay, well, I'm obviously doing fuchsia. Hello, do you even know me? And they were like, no, actually, we don't know you. Other people usually make that joke. Not the bride. Crazy. So so, uh, so the color's fuchsia. 
So my flowers will be fuchsia. His tie will be fuchsia to go along with that. And I, I'll show you a picture. I have a picture of of his. I would so do like the suit. Panama Jack or pan, you know, like the the hat, like the Pablo Escobar, like you know, that'd be dope. Yeah, and and uh, Ron in my ear was asking me if he's wearing flip flops. Uh, he may be bringing flip flops, but we're gonna do barefoot on the sand. Mm. Yeah, so I'll have my uh, my nice shoes that I will wear to the sand, and then I'm taking off my shoes. Roll up the pant legs a couple. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. yeah, so I'm excited. So all of these things happened this morning, and uh, I have just been. I've it's been crazy. I'm just completely frazzled. Is that but, is is that why this monstrosity of a just I put a lot of, a of I put happened? a lot of love and care into that sandwich. I don't know what look you're talking this. about. It's, whoever's watching, does that look like a lot of love and care went into it's that? A, that's that's the best part of the bread, the heel, right? I, there's so much bread on this. I'd have to have like a gallon of water just to get it down. I think. No, nah, the cheese offsets the bread, and you're fine. It doesn't. It, and there's really and, and there's no uh, condiments because I wasn't sure. You know, I didn't want to I didn't want to take away from the cheddar cheese flavor. So I'm, I'm making my own sandwich next time. Uh, as it should be. <laughs> as it should be. Uh, we do have a lot to get into today. I know uh, just to really briefly give a, a rundown. Wow. A lot's happened since since we left the audience Dude, or since you week, left the audience. I know week. It, it's just you think that it starts to it's okay it's gonna slow down it's christmas it's gotta slow down i talked it's christmas and then something else crazy happens yeah i I talked a little bit about yesterday a little bit about and i was running out of time but i talked a little bit about pulling out of syria and all that stuff and i was just kind of like flabbergasted not really knowing where what where was gonna go from there and i was like what the heck like men that were in command back in the day when i was in the military there's no way that they would advise the president to do this well and that was the conversation that we were having uh off air we were filming <clears throat> the news and why it matters only on the blaze tv yep. blaze tv.com uh at uh 5 30 no 5 30 eastern and we were talking off air as this was going on and we said okay not really sure where he's coming from on this not really sure why it's happening so quickly like this uh we'd we'd like to hear from mattis Right. Okay. We don't understand it offhand. Give us Mattis. Let him come out and make a statement uh, in support of what's going on. And we'll feel more comfortable with it. We'll, you know, we'll at least know that he's on board with it. And then we said, you know, he hasn't come out. We haven't heard anything from him. I made the comment. His silence to me speaks volumes. (laughs) And then it was like, as soon as we were done filming, we find out that uh, no, Mattis's silence did speak volumes. Wow. Um, should I read the red? So this some excerpts from the resignation letter. Yeah, let's read it, the and time? then we yeah read it. We can read the the, the letter, and then we can kind of get into it afterwards. After, yeah, after the break. Uh, okay, so the, I, I just kind of pulled some of the biggest things right here from his resignation letter, and it's funny when I first read about this on Fox, they didn't even mention the fact that why he was resigning. They just mentioned the fact that he was, you know, he was, you know, he was leaving the office after so many years. Blah, of course, blah, blah, blah. right. He's set to retire in February. Now they did later, after everyone else reported on it, talk about <laughs> like the letter. But this is some of the excerpts. So this is a quote. All this is quotes. Um, because you have the right to have a Secretary of Defense whose views are better aligned with yours on these and other subjects. Such a slam. I, I believe it is right for me to that. step down from my position. Check this out. One core belief I have always held is that our strength as a nation is inextricably linked to the strength of our unique and comprehensive system of alliances and partnerships. 
While the U.S. remains the indispensable nation in the free world, we cannot protect our interests or serve that role effectively without maintaining strong alliances and showing respect, mm-hmm. showing respect to those allies. So he just accused the president of not of completely ignoring him, disrespecting, disrespecting our allies, and not, that's insane. I know. Like this is, I mean, and Mattis is incredibly, incredibly professional, especially when dealing with people of higher rank than him. Mm-hmm. So this is the equivalent of. Going down to the White House, toilet papering the the trees, and then doing donuts inside, you know, his in the president's front lawn, and then driving off off flipping him off do down you, Pennsylvania Avenue. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember when uh, he was picking his uh, his administration, and he went down the line? And remember, a lot of these picks in the beginning were awful. That was when we had Bannon. You know, we had a lot of people who were really bad and we all said, you cannot get close to this person. What are you doing? Stop picking these people. Yeah. Then he picked Mattis and we said, oh, he got a good one. Like we, no one had any complaints about Mattis. Um, and now, you know, I was, as we see all, all of, it seems to be that all of the good people that he's picking, all of the good people he's surrounding himself with, Turns out he's not going to let them tell him any different if he disagrees. He's going to try to just push them all out. His his um or just completely override them and make them look like an idiot. I did not. I, yeah, President Trump as a president worried me. I um I did not agree with his style at all. I actually de- deplored it, hated it. But I was like, you know what? He's got enough smart people around. Exactly. So maybe and I won't Mattis have... was one of those people. Right, Mattis was one of them. He I was, was at like... the top of that list. I was like, maybe I won't have a problem with any of his policies, which really has been the the correct assumption. I haven't really had a problem with some, any most of his policies, mm-hmm. directly due to people like Mattis. Right. Now that's slowly eroding. Yeah. How far is this going to go? We will get into it next. We'll see. Welcome back. I am Sarah Gonzalez here with Jason Buttrell. Oh, yeah. Our last day, our last day of filling in uh, for Steve. I know, which, the, I know the audience probably won't miss this, but I think I'm going to miss uh, talking to you guys uh, every day. Yeah. I just say a good outlet to vent. It is. I'm going to have it. You know? As I did the first 20 minutes of this show about a completely personal issue that I'm sure the, the <laughs> listeners were like, okay, well, we don't care <laughs> that you're pissed off at your son's school. Uh, but no, it's been a blast. And uh, thank you again to Steve Dace for allowing us to uh, to come to come on in and, and fill in for him. If anyone wants to reach us, 888-900-3393. Let's get back into uh, to Mattis. That was big. Mattis, Mattis has resigned. We went over his resignation letter there were a couple different places that really <clears throat> stuck out to us. My when I saw the sentence uh, that was, you know, I won't get this completely right, but you deserve, uh, you know, a secretary who is aligned with your views. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, yeah, I, that is that's that's ballsy, and that's 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 saying a lot. It's you know, it was a very respectful way to say it, but that was Mattis, CYA. You know, I'm going to make sure that everyone knows I did not agree with these decisions. Yeah. Uh, I served under Mattis in Afghanistan. Um, I had the privilege of hearing him speak a few times. Uh, He is universally respected everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Like our our allies respect him. Our more maybe more importantly, our enemies respect him. He is the 
he is the general of our generation. He is on the level of Patton, you know, Ike, MacArthur. He's on that level. That's the type of general he is. I, to this day, I couldn't tell you if he's a Republican or Democrat because that's not what he's all about. Yeah. He's not all about, you know, talking about his political stances. Um, he will never tell you. I, I don't think ever. What his political stance is. Which, again, was why we were so happy when Trump picked him to be defense secretary. We said, okay, he's got a bunch of yahoos around him, but at least he has a couple good ones. And Mattis was was one of those. Yeah, he uh, he is all about seeking out and destroying the enemy. That's what he's all about. He could be a socialist for all I know. Uh, I know he's not, but he could be, but he would never let that get in the way. a little bit of a far stretch there, Jason. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but what I'm saying is he you would never know. He could be eating dinner with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Could be, but you would never know it because he would never let that enter into his duties as a general and as a secretary of defense. You know, when, like I said, when he was, uh, when he was uh, a general, or I'm sorry, this uh, first signed on as secretary of defense, I was like, hey... Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of worried about some of the things that the president might do because I know that he doesn't have the experience in it. But with men like Mattis, I'm less worried, less worried about it because I know that he's going to do everything in his power to make sure that we as a country are safe. Yeah. Now, I know there's other people out there that are that are like that. But but in the, in the way that this was done. It tells me that no matter what, he's the the president's not going to listen to them. Right. He's not going to listen to the advice he's given. To me, and I think instead of listening to those advisors, he's listening to one advisor, and that's it. And that advisor is a pollster. The pollster is like sitting in his little kindergarten desk next mm-hmm. to the resolute desk, mm-hmm. and he's saying, "Mr. President, you're about to take a big hit because uh, you're going to get impeached. The House is going to try and impeach you. Um, it's probably not, it's not going to get passed through the Senate, but they're going to do it. So politically, you're going to take a hit. Right. So what you need to start doing is you start doing some things that are going to make your base get stronger. And one of those is that people are, and you're already seeing these buzzwords thrown out on Twitter and other various places in the media where they're saying that, look, we can't be the policemen of the world. Um, we have to bring our boys home. You know, so many thousands of people dying for this cause, that cause, you know, and we should be on America first. Right. Um, I agree to that. Uh, on a, on many different levels, but this specific case has no basis within that argument. Yeah, has no basis. So if you would permit me for just like two seconds, more seconds. I'm, I know I ramble on these things. Two seconds. Two. Well, two minutes. Um, this is turning into ten minutes. <laughs> just listen. Just wait. It's gonna happen. The uh, the Syria thing is the equivalent of before pre World War II when all we did was we we our strategy then pre World War II was to provide financial assistance. This is before Pearl Harbor, so that we didn't get involved. So that we provided the minimum amount of assistance so the bigger nations could fight their own battles. What we were doing in Syria was the same thing. So the whole entire purpose of 2,000 U.S. soldiers was to basically give the cover and give a little bit of guidance to a larger Kurdish force, Kurdish and Arab force, that was doing the fighting for us. We didn't have a big deployment. We had a small, tiny deployment so that we could enable, let the other people take take the lead on it. Now, the people that are saying that we can't be the policemen of the world, I agree with you. That was the whole purpose of this small force. Now, but this is the issue. If you pull them out, it will be such a colossal disaster in the next six months to, say, five years that I am calling my shot. We will have a massive deployment back to the region because of this one move. Mm -hmm. 
So in, in, in saying that you don't want like a big deployment now and you don't want to be a policeman, you're setting it up for us to you're actually be to have that. to be the policeman later, later on. on. Yes. You just handed the region to Iran. Yes. You just the, the unfortunately, it's not as simple as, well, we've you know, we've done all this and we're just going to pack up and go. Simple. It's not that simple. It's not that simple. And you just hand like and the Kurds. I'm sorry. They Mattis. That's why he's bowing out of this. Because he knows, look, I'm not going to be responsible for thousands yep. and thousands of U.S. soldiers dying in the in, yep. in the future. And I'm also not going to be responsible because I guarantee you, he probably personally had a phone call with some of these Kurdish commanders saying, I will never abandon you. Yeah. The United States will never abandon you. Yep. You've done all this for us. You're our guys. We will not let you be slaughtered. What's going to happen? And it's going to start almost imminently because er- President Erdogan of Turkey said he's going to go in. And he actually <laughs> said, leave the bodies of the Kurds in ditches. That's almost a direct oh, quote. That's good. Good. I'm glad. Genocide that we're is them. about to happen. That's great. Genocide of people that we used to, that relied on us. Mm-hmm. That that's I can't. You. It's hard to fathom. But that's about to happen. That's what we're letting happen. Yeah. This is crazy. This is crazy, and I'm so ashamed for what's about to happen. Yeah. Uh, it will be an interesting, an interesting uh, couple first months of of 2019. And again, it seems to be that you know. It's been a very weird week, couple weeks for Trump. A lot has happened, but it's the end of the year. And, you know, we, I think we were saying on the news yesterday, if there was a time for all of these bad things to be happening, you know, optics wise for Trump. To get less coverage? It is the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's historically when they pass through uh controversial bills, yeah. you know, things of that nature. They always like to kind of sneak things in at the end of the year when no one's, no paying, one's paying, attention. paying attention. You're going to Macy's. You're not reading Fox right. News or MSNBC. Right, right, exactly. Um, so it will be interesting to see if if there there is blowback yeah. at the beginning of the year, whenever Mattis does step down in February, um, or if this is just going to kind of get, I think this is just going to get swept up in end of the year stuff and no one's going to think about it until... Further on down the road, things start happening, yeah. and then you know, Mattis is sitting there like, "Yep, I uh, I said that was going to happen, and he didn't want to listen to me." And that was that was the danger, wasn't it, of of electing President Trump? I mean, you know, I obviously was not his biggest fan. I like to praise him whenever I think that he does something great, uh, and you know, I try to look at it objectively whenever he does something that I disagree with. But um, that was one of one of the dangers that we all said, you know. I get it. Le- the idea of an outsider coming to D.C. and shaking things up is awesome. Like, I love that idea. However, I am very uncomfortable with someone who not only doesn't have any kind of geopolitical experience, you know, any kind of foreign relations experience, but also couple that with the fact that it he is so just, you know, for better or worse— he loves him some Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump loves him some Donald Trump. And, you know, to have a man who thinks that he is the best at everything, knows everything better than anyone else, you know, to have that character combined with really, truly not knowing anything about it and not having any experience with it. We that was one of the dangers that we said, OK, should we like maybe just take a step back? But we were told he was going to go- put good people around him. And that sh- that should have satisfied uh, that particular objection was yeah. well, but he's going he's going to surround himself with good people. He's going to listen to those good people. It's not going to be a problem. And it sounds like we're finding out that all of those good people that he did try to surround himself with, when it comes down to it, when the rubber meets the road, 
He's not listening to them. Right. He's doing what he wants to do. You know, it's not it's not completely out of character or it's not a, sh- a shock when a president doesn't agree with it when it's with its secretary of defense. It's happened in the past. Um, so we shouldn't we shouldn't um, we shouldn't when we're talking about this, there shouldn't be the hyperbole of, oh, my gosh, this is unprecedented. This is not really unprecedented for two for our president and one of his cabinet members to disagree um, but in the manner with which he did this yes. it is unpre- unprecedented because the, the, the reports are he didn't even discuss this with the Pentagon. Right. Just didn't even well, discuss that's what it. I'm saying. Just, like, just jumped up and decided to do this. And that's not the first time. I mean, remember, hi, remember him and Jeff Sessions going at it? I mean, he was publicly <clears throat> taking swipes at his own attorney general because he just decided that he disagreed with him and he didn't like what he did and he wanted to get him out. Yeah. I mean, he, he's just publicly just like, yeah, I'm just going to decide to do something and do it. I don't really, you know, I can ask you for your advice if I want to, but I don't have to. And I just want to make sure you know that. Yeah. Look, this is something that we should. I would be livid with President Obama if he did this. Yes. We should equally be. Uh, we should hold this president to the same standards. And like Sarah said, we we prop him up when he does great things. But there are things that deserve to be criticized. In my view, this deserves to be criticized. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this because I, I've taken some not some heat, but some I've heard I've had some people go back and forth with me a little bit on the policemen of the world bring our troops home uh, thing. And I'd love for you to understand this. If you really want to talk to me about this and ask questions or just give me your opinion, please dial in triple eight nine zero zero thirty three ninety three. Because I, when I when you talk about this to other people, I want you to be equipped with uh, just both sides of the argument so that you can talk to people and say, what about this? What about this? Because I, it, what, the worst thing that can happen right now is for a one-sided argument to dominate you know, the narrative. That's what not Jason what is saying is that he wants to school everyone. Who thinks <laughs> I know. Him. That's what I just heard. That's <laughs> I exactly just, I just want to offer heard. an alternate opinion that you'll, that maybe, you know, people around the, I, I was just about to say the Christmas Eve dinner table, but no, don't talk about this stuff at Christmas Eve. <laughs> um, but just whenever the, 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 the conversation goes towards politics at, well after the holidays. Yeah. Can, <laughs> what, can I just, can I just say something about that? Because do you find that because you work in this industry that you work in, any kind of extended family get together, that's all people want to talk to me about. Yeah. That's all people want to, anytime, I mean, I see these people once a year, twice a year, and as soon as I see them, they want to talk politics. And I'm like, can you please just pass the mashed potatoes? I don't want to talk about President Trump. I just want to enjoy my break and not talk about politics, please. Yeah, I I try not to talk with my family about politics at all. Yeah. I just don't even go there. It's like everywhere. I mean, even even when, you know, I'll go out to eat or to a restaurant or whatever where I'm meeting people and random strangers. So what do you do? I've thought about just making up stuff. It's like, <laughs> I, you know, I'm a I'm a secretary or something just so that they don't. You sure as heck not a sandwich maker. All right. Look at that, that thing. True. Zoom in on that bad boy one that more time. True. That's come on. You, you, you can never tell people you're a sandwich maker. Well, I wouldn't tell people that I was a sandwich maker. Thank you very much. But you misogynistic man. But uh, but I, I've considered just making stuff up because anytime even just complete strangers, they find out what you know, that you work in this industry. They want to pick your brain on everything and they want to give their opinion. And I just want to be like, respectfully, sir, I actually really don't care how you feel about President Trump. I'm just trying to enjoy my Cosmo. <laughs> just saying. Uh, so the House, the House passed the uh, resolution, including such a weird week, including man. the wall funding for the wall. What was yeah. it? Five point seven billion. 
yes. Five point seven billion. It was included. So the way that it that it kind of shook out was they, of course, passed the resolution without the wall funding. Trump did he veto it or did he just say he was going to? No, he. So yeah. So the the, the timeline of events there is that the so he obviously so he famously said to Pelosi and Schumer that he was going to uh, he was he prepared shut to the shut dub- the government down and he said I will take the blame. I don't care. I'll yep. be proud to shut the government down over this. And he wanted that $5 billion. So fast forward, what, two days or something mm-hmm. like that? And Sarah Huckabee Sanders said that, hey, they're not going to do that. They're backing said, down from well, that. Well, it's fine. We'll just, we have, we can get the money from other places. Other places. It's fine. Oh, okay, cool. Where, where was that money two years ago when you demanded that, wait, first Mexico pay for it and then we pay for it, but we have to get Congress to pass the bill but just kidding. We'll find it in other places. It's cool. So literally, yeah. And there's, there's that's just not believable. Come Doesn't on. Like, make no any sense. That. So so literally, like, so fast forward another 48 hours or something like that. And uh, they're voting on it in the House, which went down yesterday. And then, but before that meeting, President Trump called in Republican leaders and said, hey, I'm not, I'm vetoing anything that you guys throw back at me unless you put in the $5 billion. Which is a, which, just complete, how many reversals have we had there? It's just, I'm getting dizzy. Yeah. Of course, I will say, I will say uh, in his meeting with Pelosi and Schumer, he did. That was one of his things that he said. And I said, I don't know why he keeps saying this if he's not just going to do it. She said, well, why don't you pass it if you have the votes? And he said, I do have the votes and I could pass it, but it doesn't matter because I won't have the votes in the Senate. And that's what they kept. They kept going back and forth and he kept repeating and he kept kind of waving that in her face like I could pass it. I'm just not going to because there's no point. So I will say, at least now he can say, I told you I had the votes to pass it. Now where are you? Yeah, I think I think it was pure just kind of kind of gauging public opinion Absolutely. and how much support he would actually get. But and there was a huge backlash from people. I mean, p- people that normally would support him like, you know, to the grave were turning on him and Coulter was turning on him. Um, but yeah, so now the per- this is how it works. And this is why the government will shut down, mm-hmm. um, which I, I guess the end of the day today. Right? Yes, midnight. Yep. So, um, so the government will shut down, I believe, unless a miracle, Christmas miracle happens. But the uh, reason it, being wait, is because hold on. you're thinking it's a Christmas miracle to keep the bloated yeah. bureaucracy open. Maybe it's a Christmas miracle that does like, shut down. Yeah, I'm kind of like, <laughs> thank you, Santa. Merry Christmas. We don't have to pay for all of these non-essential employees. Yeah, um, yeah. On, I know they get their money back. On that, that's hilarious. Don't tweet me on that. And I was, if you guys were listening yesterday, I was, I was talking about this a little bit. But um, Bernie Sanders tweeted today. He goes, last Tuesday, Trump said, I'm proud to shut the gu- down the government. And he did, despite unanimous program support in the Senate and overwhelming Republican support in the House. Trump will leave 800,000 federal employees without paychecks. How's that for a holiday gift? OK, this is bullcrap. And I talked about this yesterday. The uh, They're not scheduled to get another paycheck until I think the 31st, I believe. So they've got in between now until the 31st. They're going to be homeless by then. Jason. Yeah, they're so going to be homeless. They're so going to be homeless. They don't need not, not only homeless, but also dead. So if the government was still running, they still would not get paid until for the 31st, the 31st. And even if the government stays shut down past that, the money doesn't disappear. They'll get back paid for that. Okay, and I think that whoever they have to pay these bills is going to be kind of sympathetic to what's going on. I'm just saying, if they're in government, then the people that are loaning them money know what's up. Also, if you're in government, you, again, I know I said this earlier this week, but also if you work in government, I get it. Everyone's situation is different. But you should at least be trying to not just live paycheck to paycheck, knowing that you are a federal employee. And if the government shuts down, you may need a little bit of padding for your finances to wait until you get that back pay. 
Yeah. I'm just saying that would probably be a smart thing to do if you work in government. So anyway, so the procedure goes, it, went, it was passed in the Senate, then it went to the House, then it got amended in the House, which means it now goes back to the Senate. So it's now currently at the Senate. Now, the which se- obviously will not pass it. Yeah, they, they have to get, so you a could just, majority. it was a majority rule in, uh, uh, in the House, House yeah. but it's got to be, they had to need 60 votes in the Senate, which means that they need Democrat support and they're not going to get Which that. is exactly what President Trump said at their original meeting. I can pass it in the House, that's fine, but it's kind of pointless if you guys aren't going to pass it through the Senate. So at least he can say, I told you, I told them that this was going to happen. It's happening. I can't control it. Now it's their fault. Sarah, it's exactly what it is. That's exactly what, because he knows it's not going to get passed, but then he doesn't want to get the criticism later for uh, the president's not doing his job. Mm-hmm. So now he's got, he's got the uh, fallback to say, look, I did everything in my power to do what you, the people want, right. but it's these corrupt politicians that yep. are not getting it done. It's yep. all on them. But you know what? That's, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually a good strategy because he's, I think so too. he ain't wrong. No, he's not. And he, I mean, he can. <laughs> It's really interesting, you know, this happens to President Trump, and I find myself often wondering, did he plan it this way from the beginning, or is he just a master spinner? I don't mean You know what I mean? Because I don't think that he, he, there's no way that his master plan was, okay, I'm going to say, I'll take the blame, and then I'm going to tell them I'm not going to pass it, and then they're going to get, you know, they're going to get comfortable, and then that's when I'm going to pass it. And then I can turn it around on them. And that, like, that's not how, that's not what, what went through his brain. Yet somehow he was still able to twist this and make it look like the Demo- it's the Democrats' fault. It's, how does that always happen to him? Well, he, he really is good at that. You got to give him credit. He's he is good to, at this. He is able to spin this. Having the in cameras go in. Remember yes. that? That that's not usually done. That was I think that, that was, was all that President was Trump right there. That was strategy. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, that was Trump's strategy. But I'm just like, I, you know, earlier I said, God, the optics of just caving on this is terrible. And now I'm like, oh, he got to blame it on them. Yeah, I know. But I don't know. Government's shutting down and dying will happen in the streets will yes. happen. I'm sure. Mark our words. Country will end. Sorry, guys. One more day with us. It is not Steve Dace, sadly for you. It Aww. is Sarah Gonzalez and Jason Buttrell. Uh, so we were talking about the the wall. Yeah. Funding the wall. Yep. We know it's not going to get funded by Congress right now. The Senate is not going to go for that. But Jason. <laughs> we had, not you and me. But me and the audience had a very in-depth conversation on this yesterday. Um, And I, you know, I talked to everyone about this GoFundMe page uh, done by uh, a a triple amputee, uh, former Air Force, he's an Air Force veteran named Brian Colfage. (gasps) And he was on, I I believe, Fox News yesterday, I think with Laura Ingram. And yeah, Laura Ingram. Can I interrupt you really quickly? Yeah, please. I'm just reading, uh, breaking that the, the Senate is voting on the motion to proceed to begin the debate on the, the border wall funding. Yeah. And, um, it don't matter. No, Flake voted no. Of course. Just to talk about it. That surprises me. Wow. Grandstanding to the last (laughs) second. Way to go. Jeff Flake. Hanging in there. Out of here. Just to begin the debate. Goodbye. It's like, see ya. So long. Farewell. Don't let, 
the door hit you in the rear on the way out. Oh, yeah. So we're watching Fox News here in the studio. And yeah, Schumer is given his live impassioned mm-hmm. rebuke, I'm mm-hmm. sure, of keeping so, Americans safe. Back in, what was it, 2013? Not not so passionate not about, so passionate. about no, he, this. He was a firm yes mm-hmm. on uh, mm-hmm. fencing and all that stuff. But now... I mean, you can't let a murderous dictator like Trump build a wall. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's he's, he's basically asking for the same exact junk, but it's just with a different president. So, of course, you got to vote no. Yes. Stupid. So, anyway, uh, we'll keep you posted on what's going on there with this with this vote. There's, I'm sure there, there's not going to be any surprises, so don't expect any kind of surprise. But in the meantime, Jason. In the meantime, we had this conversation about Brian Colfage and his GoFundMe. And so, basically, what Brian Colfage is, if you didn't talk, if you didn't hear it yesterday. He's launched this uh, GoFundMe page to basically, you know, crowdsource uh, the money to pay for the wall. So he set a goal of one billion dollars, which is not the whole. Which is no, budget, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, we but, needed five. Right, but you know, but he put on here. He was like, I know it's not a lot, but I mean, one. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not the the. It's a lot of money, but it's not like the full. You know, a lot of amount, but it would at least get them started and maybe give them a little more leverage. You know, to continue. So, um, so he said that he's a, oh, I can't wait to get into this. He said that he, uh, if, if they don't reach their goal of 1 billion or if any kind of technicality happens, everyone gets refunded their money. Um, so it's, I mean, it's not a scam. Spoiler legit. alert. You're all going to get your money refunded <laughs> too. Um, but you know what? I don't really get, so when he first started this, I checked it like the next day. It had been active for 12 hours. I believe he was already up. He was already up seven figures. It was over a million dollars and in a matter of hours. So I checked it the insane. next day. Yesterday, you when we were talking about insane. this, it was at five million dollars. Now this is going up on average. I've been checking this and and refreshing. On average, twenty thousand dollars every ten to fifteen minutes. You people are crazy. Right this now, is insane. It is at twelve. You know what? Actually, I'm going to refresh this to give you an accurate amount. It is currently at twelve million three hundred fifty three thousand eight hundred thirty eight dollars. That is absolutely ridiculous the growth rate on this is insane over 202,000 people this is absurd in four days have raised over 12 million dollars absolutely absurd so this is amazing to me but a lot of people i've talked to it is amazing a lot of people here have have agreed with you they have said this is absurd well uh, let me hear your case first okay i'll tell you why you're wrong yeah yeah. please Everyone listening knows that women are always right, so it really doesn't matter what you have to say. I mean, that's typically but true. Just but not I'll in let this you case. speak anyway. But first, so a couple different observations. One is that I will say that this definitely shows the frustration of the American people that we desperately want this wall to be built. We want something to be yes, done about agreed. border security, and if anything, this can at least show President Trump. There are a lot of people who really want this wall built and would be behind you every step of the way if you would just just do what you said you were going to do and stand up and shut the government down like you said you would. Right. But on the other hand, this is not it's not something it's just not something that's realistic. You can't just write a check and drop it off uh you know at at uh, the the government office and say Okay, can you please just spend this to build a border wall? I mean, that's that's not how it works. Like that, that's just not how things work. So to expect that you can just raise all of this money and then have it be given to them for this specific need is just very short sighted to me. I understand. I, I it's like I understand the intensity and I understand the frustration and I understand the you know the last ditch effort to just say, well, fine. 
we'll pay for it and we'll fund it and we'll get it done. But it's just not realistic. And, and don't ask me to donate any money, any further money to the government than I'm already donating. It's called taxes. I already pay them. I don't need to give extra donations to the government. They're already mismanaging my money. Right. Okay. So all valid points. For one, uh, and I've heard o- I've heard other people talk about the uh, I already give money. Um, yeah, and it's it, it is that's, through that's taxes. what taxes are for. And taxes are theft. Taxes taxation the, is theft. Taxation is the theft of, of of you. It's it's the stealing of your money is what that is. And this is not stolen. This is people giving it to something that they want. And even if you even if this is a you know pointless endeavor, if it will not succeed, this is what America is all about. This is conservatism to its core. This is the American individual to its core. Yes, this is the, saying, but that the idea, no, the idea of it is, but it's not realistic. So this is saying, look, I don't look. This is an important issue to me. Like, say, I was using an uh, example yesterday of single payer health care. If you literally think that there is a, people are dying in the street and it is a life or death issue to you, it's so important. Why would you ha- hand that responsibility over to the government? You wouldn't. If it's that important to you, you would put it on yourself. Now, for the people, for these 202,000 people, the wall is that important to them. So they're willing to give up their money to the extent of $12 million. Because they're like, the government can't be trusted on this. I agree. So why wouldn't every libertarian and conservative in the country right now not be joining in on this, gangbanging this thing to $5 billion? Because it's because it you can't do it. <laughs> I mean, you can't. Why you, not? Because you can't just what like you have to trust that they're going to then appropriate that money for the wall. You can't just write them a check and demand that they use the money for what you want them to use it. You could do it yourself. Actually, you don't even have to consult the government. I mean, you could. In what space? You would. So you'd have to go through the same thing of what the uh, what the government would do. So like, if the government was going to do this, they would ha- they would claim eminent domain on the on these properties, which obviously you couldn't do as a private citizen. But you could buy that land from the people. So the, what the, I think the the going rate on this was pretty crazy. It was like two hundred thousand dollars, like per landowner in some in some of these areas. So a vast majority. So you think of the all of funding, these people, these two hundred and twenty people, should band together, travel to the border. Go buy, go start buying these people out. Is that's America, right? That's Americans doing it on their own. Uh, Alexis de Tocqueville. I said this yesterday. Alexis de Tocqueville, Democracy in America. He noted that the government wasn't the strength of this nation. It wasn't the core belief of what it was to be an American. The core belief of what is American is he was like, this shouldn't work. This government should not work. So they were like, the only reason it does is because private individuals pitch in when the government doesn't do it. So when the government's not delivering on what they want, churches do, charities do. Um, Pete crowdsourcing. Yes, if, if he would have said GoFundMe, he would have said GoFundMe does. Yeah. Um, but that is that. This is who we are, and this is who we've lost sight of. So even if this doesn't work, which you're right, it's probably not going to work. It's not going to work. <laughs> um, but even if it doesn't, Point this proven. is so uh, inspiring to me because this is for once saying, look, we do not trust you with this. It's like I said yesterday. I would do the same thing with the VA. I'm 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 actually a hypocrite for not starting one of these for the VA so that we can have a privately ran v, uh, VA to actually take care of our veterans. You should. This is in your power to do. You could do it. You could take the responsibility away from the government and do it on your own. This is how we should be thinking. Yeah. It, I Bravo, mean, Brian Kofage. You nailed it. I thought you were clapping for yourself. <laughs> no, which for Brian. actually wouldn't have surprised me. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean that that's fine. Okay, I get what you're saying, but my point was just that it's realistically this is a waste of time and money other than to prove the point 
that we the people are frustrated and we we want to take it into our own hands. But yeah. the I'm just saying the likelihood of any of that money actually going to in fact fund a border wall is that's not going to happen. It's I just it. short sighted. It's not going to happen. You're all for progressive big government and eventually communism. Totally. I, to- I totally get it. Sarah Ocasio Cortez. <laughs> Sarah Ocasio Cortez. That's me. Um, so, but uh, Sarah, we uh, I just looked over there and our like phone lines are blowing up. I mean that's like insane. Wow. Um, again, this happened to me yesterday. Once we once you put the number out, they just if you build it, they will come. <laughs> Eight 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 nine hundred three three nine three. It might take us a while though. So <laughs> let's uh, let's shoot on over to uh, let's hit line ninety nine. That's uh, Mike from Colorado. What's up, brother? Hi, you talking to Mike Stark in Colorado? Yes. Yeah, Mike. Hey, Mike. You're on, brother. What's hey, up? I'm a little bit shocked. I got on so quickly. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jason. Hey, and you two. Are, now there's a, I'm watching TV, but I muted it. And there's a delay from the TV to the the live. Yes, but anyway, just a little bit. But are, hello. Fist yeah, bump. you two are killing it. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. What's, re- what's on your mind? It's, it's refreshing. You're a hoot. Well, I wanted to respond to Jason's invitation to call and talk about the Trump decision to pull out of Syria. Oh, yeah, great. You know, because Jason seems very disturbed by it. Oh, Give I it, see to, him. Waving. Give it wa- to him, Mike. Give it back. to him. Give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, never forget, Jason, man. Thank you for your service. Oh, thanks, brother. And, I really uh, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, because I'm a, a former service member as well. Thank you for your so, service. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks for the great generation. My dad was in world served active duty during World War II, um, Korea and Vietnam. And then uh, I followed in his footsteps in the Air Force. So. They were men anyway. of men. Like I can't we can't even compete. I mean, I just can't imagine. No, we can't. I mean, uh, you know, and, and uh, I didn't serve like you did uh, and go through stuff that you probably did. But that greatest generation, what they had to deal with. So um, we could go on and on for hours because I've done a lot of research and actually gone up in some of those old planes. Hmm. So if you ever want to talk about it offline, and uh, it'd even be cool to share with some of your viewers what they should do to be able to relate. Awesome. But anyway, what I thought, uh, you know, I give you a little bit of my background. Uh, I was an officer in the Air Force and was active duty during the Vietnam era and then was over 25 years in the reserves. But then I went into the corporate world and worked around the world in the Middle East. And I worked for a firm called Bechtel. You're familiar with yes. them? Yep. Yeah. So there, you know, I don't know if you remember, but George Schultz and Casper Weinberger, they headed up two of the three major companies when I worked with them. Mm-hmm. And then President Reagan pulled them, you know, for his cabinet. Yeah. So uh, uh, I just shared that with you because it's amazing what I uh, learned as a young fellow when I was working in those environments and they made decisions. I was like, why the heck, you know, <laughs> I was in the middle of these projects like, well, I worked in Iran, UAE, uh, Saudi Arabia, Australia, you know, in a number of places. And they'd make these decisions. I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. You know, and then later as I aged and matured and sort of figured out why they made those decisions, then it taught me with age and wisdom, okay, uh, don't overreact. There's something else going on behind the scenes. So, you know, laying that as some context, Jason, maybe you asked me uh, some questions about uh, Trump's decision with Syria because it seems you're very upset about it. So I'm upset. I, um, I, and my, uh, maybe some of my emotion is this is because I have traveled to the region uh, for the blaze and I've covered uh, the Kurdish fighters that are there. So I've hung out with these people before. And so I, I, I know what they're facing once we do leave and it's not pretty. Um, and I know that all of them were like, yeah, we've been, you know, they were working side by side with U.S. Special uh, Operation Forces and they fully believed that um, we would not abandon them. And I didn't think we would have either. And what maybe so I'm emotional on that end, but I'm also you know, I, I'm concerned because it sounds like the president didn't discuss this with his advisors. 
And that's what makes this situation different, let's say, uh, maybe other things that are similar that have happened in the past. Because it sounds like this just came out of nowhere. And I'm like, if he's not willing to listen to the people that he have put there that he has entrusted, you know, to, to help him make these decisions, then why, why even have a secretary of defense? You know, why have advisors around you that can help guide you in these situations if you're not going to listen to them? Um, I would say that that's what kind of makes this a little bit different to me. What are your thoughts on that? I totally agree with you in that regard, and uh, that you do need to listen, in my sense. So people, and Sarah said, you know, she has trouble with uh, someone like Trump. She was uncomfortable with him being president because he has no geopolitical experience. Well, I would disagree with that because what I learned in Bechtel is a, a person like Trump that has worked internationally, you have no idea the depth and breadth of the geopolitical experience he has. And I learned this with Bechtel. They basically, large companies like that, have their own intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I was working in Iran at the time, and they pulled us off that project before the Iranian hostage uh, crisis occurred. And we were all upset about it because the project was going really well. And then, no, but only later did we find out why. And they knew, you know, well before it ever became public what was going to happen there. So what I would say is that Trump, I believe, is a great strategist, and I've become one something, not like Trump, but I mean, I've held very high-level positions uh, in these corporate environments internationally, and I learned and developed a skill to strategize. And Jason, uh, serving in the capacity that you did, because I was in a form of a special forces in the Air Force at the time, you know, we PJ? learned in... You PJ? Pardon? Were you a PJ? Pararescue? No, no, it was actually, we were called Prime Beef. Have you heard of that? No. No, well, I, I don't want to consume your viewers' time, but if, if you want, I can describe more of that. But uh, anyway, we, we learned and it became ingrained, and I sort of trained myself to really think forward, way forward, and plan every, anticipate everything that can happen. And I believe Trump is really good at that. So uh, I, I can't say with fact that this is the best decision, but what first came to mind to me is because I was like, you know, I was like, what the heck is going on? And even before yeah. this came out with Mattis, I was thinking, Mattis cannot be happy with this. Yeah. But, but then I started processing, and I'm like, you know what, there's something deeper and broader uh, going on here. And I think this is part of a strategy, you know, and that he might not do it, but it's part of a strategy to get a reaction and then to make something happen that he believes will happen by, uh, you know, vocalizing this strategy. Because, Jason, as, as you well know, and uh, maybe not well know, but I think, and I can't say for fact, but we have that 2000 supposedly advisory force there. But that's overtly, I expect we have a lot more people covertly there, <laughs> you know, to make things happen. Yeah, so, um, uh, you sound very level-headed um, about this, Mike, and I think uh, I'm, I'm hoping the majority of the country th- th- rationalizes and thinks through these things h- how you do, because yeah, there are definitely multiple sides to this, and um, I think it's really important to listen to each other and uh, not kind of jump off the bandwagon or not jump off the uh, off the cliff uh, when you know we see, hear some of these things and you know we start to jump to conclusions too fast. But I, we value your opinion. And thanks a lot, Mike, for calling in. Mike from yeah, Colorado, you, really appreciate it, brother. Uh, all right, so. Are we done with this, with what we were, we're talking about the, the wall? Yeah. I, you know, I, uh, I think that we just, we, I literally we decided that I was right and we were going to move on. <laughs> I don't think we got that far. Yeah. I'm I, sure. I, I just, I literally could write, I, I feel like I could write a book on this and, and, and put in some of these examples. I don't know if people would actually like to read it, but I think it's just so, I think we really have, uh, lost 
a uh, a sense of what has made us great in the past and what has ma- the reason for why we have been that nation that hasn't had to rely on government to solve all our problems. And the more we look towards countries like in Europe where they have these welfare states and then where you have a protest every other few months, every time they threaten to take away some of those benefits, um, we don't have that as much over here because we are a lot more self-reliant. And yeah. it's people like this. It's initiatives like this. Even in the case of, you know, not even being guaranteed of a victory on this, they're still willing to try. Yeah. They're still willing to put it all on their own shoulders. And that's just that's just straight up friggin' America. Yeah. And dang it, you guys, you know, they're doing this stuff. You chew rusty nails and you spit out armor piercing bullets. I love you. USA, USA. So so uh, this late morning, late morning, uh, there was breaking news. Apparently, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has had some cancerous growths removed from oh, her lungs. Gosh. Yes. And so they removed two malignant growths from her left lung. And apparently the statement was that doctors found no evidence of disease elsewhere in the body Good. and no additional treatment is planned currently. So we send our thoughts and prayers to... Uh, Justice Ginsburg yes. and, you know, wishing her well. Um, that is awful. She just, she is she one. She seems so frail. And she, but, and she, but she's back to work the next day when, when she has these. It's insane to me. She is like, I don't know, like and a superwoman or something. Ha- do you remember how old she is? She's uh, I'm going to say, let me, let, let me guess. I'm going to say 88. I don't know yet. Uh, no, she's 85. Okay. But I mean, she's, you know, I, I look at her and it's, I always feel like she's just so fragile. She's so tiny, you know, and a lot of the time it's like she has trouble holding her head up. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's amazing to me that she, you know, 85 years old and she's undergoing lung lung cancer surgery. I know. That is big. Yeah. Um, she's, she's definitely committed, you know, to her cause and all politics aside, like this is, I, I really hope she recovers and I hope she gets better on this. Um, but I mean, I don't know how long she feels like she can hang in there. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't know. I mean, I mean, politically speaking, if she can no longer continue in the, in the capacity, mm-hmm. it would be a disaster really yeah. for the left. It, yeah. it really would. I mean, we, can you imagine if have, she decided to step down, if she decided to step down, the confirmation process that we would then have to go through. Can you imagine? No, I just want to jump off a bridge just thinking about it, quite frankly. Do you think Barrett would be the next? Uh, I think it. I think it should be Barrett. I think it absolutely should be Barrett. I think it should have been Amy Coney Barrett before. It would be. It would be. It would definitely be a woman, I believe. Yeah. Um, and I believe that uh, that she would be the first. one I mean, on the Barrett list. was. Yeah, Barrett was already on on that list. Yeah. So I don't see how it wouldn't be Barrett. Um, but, and, and then at that, at that point you're saying, okay, well, what would they, what would the left then be able to say to completely assassinate Barrett. Barrett's character? I don't, I don't even want to guess what they would You can't go the out. me too route. No, they would go racism. I bet they pull something out. They take some, some phrase out of context and they call her a racist. And then all of a sudden, like magic, there would be witnesses. It yeah. would start popping up. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny. It's It reminds me of Mitt Romney. I mean, can you... He gave a guy a haircut one time. <laughs> it was very rude. And also, I didn't think about he the make cat his... Or something he like put that? his dog on the roof of his he, car. Yeah, something like that. that is a monster. <laughs> Let me just tell you, that is a monster. It would be. It would probably end up being stuff like that. If you and, could- and it would be hard because you're supposed to have all of these feminists, right, on the left... What are they? Ha, are they really going to fiercely go against another woman? How do they do that? 
They would. I mean, they they've gone against who just re, uh, what was her, what was her name? Uh, uh, what's a senator that uh, goes both ways? You never can depend Susan on Collins. Her? Collins. Yeah. Remember when Collins defended Kavanaugh and yes. how the left went after her? Yes. I heard she got death threats after that. Yes, she did. So they would totally go against Barrett just because, even though she's a woman, they yeah. would totally do it. Yeah. I mean, um, they would do it. I'm just saying it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, whoa. Look at, do we have time to get some oh, of these calls? Goodness. Uh, yeah, I think we have some time. Let's, you know, you maybe, wanna... maybe we'll do a speed call. We'll do one call and then come back and whoever doesn't get called, just hang on until we come back. Yeah, maybe. let's talk. Let's talk to John in New York. John. What's up, brother? Hi. How are you, Jason? Good, man. How are uh, you doing? Okay. I want to get back to the too, subject John. of this uh, GoFundMe <laughs> page for the wall. Yes, sir. Hello, Sarah. I didn't mean to leave you out. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hi, John. But I, I know you guys think that it's impractical in the sense of logistics of actually doing it. Yeah. But when I saw this yesterday morning about 8 o'clock, there was $3 million. I know, right? Now we're up to over $12 million. Insane. Now, if this keeps on going exponentially, I don't know where it's going to stop. I think it's the type of thing, if more people knew about it, I think the numbers haven't even been reached. That's why I'm yeah. talking about it. I'm trying yeah. to get everyone to talk about it. And we can't get a realistic bead from the media on how people feel. You can't trust Gallup. You can't trust Rasmussen. Mm-hmm. The one thing people trust are the bookies. Yeah. Okay? When you want to know an issue, what are Trump's True. chances or whatever, you look at the betting line because people are more accurate with their money than they are with some call or a robocall on the phone. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. And what could Trump do with this? So what could the, the proponents of the wall do with this if all of a sudden, let's say in a crazy world, you get 20, 40 million people and billions of dollars? You can't ignore something like that. You're right. No, no, of course not. No. And, and that's why I think this is a good thing. Uh, I think it's a good thing for the reason you do that it's Americans wanting to do something constructive. Yes. To, on their uh, own on their own and i think it also puts the politicians to shame that here's one guy with one arm gets 20,000 people on board in a day and raises 12 million dollars and we have no idea where this is going to go it, because it, you know it, it just it chaps me though john because uh i already pay too much in taxes and I don't want to be in a position where I have to donate additional money so the government can do what they should be doing already. It just, it's so frustrating to me. I, I already donate to the government. It's called my taxes. No, you don't donate. You get it stolen from me. Well, you. I know, but I'm just, I mean, I involuntarily donate. I don't need to give them any more donations. So it's just <laughs> frustrating for me because then it's like a, a double down of payment to the government. Yeah. Um, John, thanks for calling in, man. I, I, I'm feeling you. Sarah here is the black sheep of the group here, but I'm feeling you. Thanks for look, calling, John. Look, look. <laughs> um, hey, no, the, John is right. John, if you're no, still listening, you yeah, are totally he, right. No, no, no. And I, I never disagreed with you with the sentiment of yeah, what yeah, you were saying. Yeah. I completely agree with that sentiment. And I agree with what you're saying. What yeah, you're saying I, I agree with the sentiment, and I agree that... It it shows, if anything, it shows yeah. government that, hey, we're, we are fed up, and if you don't want to do it, we'll do it, it ourselves. I agree with all of that sentiment. I it, think it shows them a lot, but... It's a good... It's, an, it's a great point from John in New York. Um, great point. That was a very authentic New York accent as well. That's what we've been missing <laughs> around here. Um, but a great point from John is that this equates to a social contract that we really haven't seen on any other issue. The social contract generated by 20 
billion dollars. I'm sorry, twenty million dollars mm-hmm. would be Trump's huge. Like it jumped to twenty billion already yeah. this morning. That has but, got to be a record. It, but it, but even still, if like I, th- I think Brian Colfage on his Facebook page said, if you could just get every person that that voted for uh, President Trump, that they that they would be well over the five billion dollars. Which is true. Uh, I think he said I can't remember how many how many dollars they would have to. I think it was like eighty dollars. Yeah, eighty dollars. So sixty three million people voted for Trump. If they each pledge eighty million dollars, that would equate quite equate if they each to about five billion. Eighty million dollars. Eighty dollars. <laughs> you said eighty million. Sixty three million. I don't think all of Trump's dollars. voters have eighty million dollars to be donating. <laughs> but okay. But instead of all of that, why not push Trump to? I mean, he already said I will shut down the government over this, and I will be proud to do mm-hmm. it. We all said it was. Is a good moment for him. Why not hold his feet to the fire? He is and though. Say, well, I know, but I'm just saying, let that play out. Well, see, it won't though because because there's no like politically, it's not strong for like the Democrats. Don't feel like they feel like they have their entire base behind them to deny it. Republicans are very let shaky. It, let it play out. Republicans are very shaky if they even have the full weight of the right, you know, the GOP side even to do this. But it's non-essential government employees. But I'm over not scared. A, but over a, I'm not either. But over a billion dollars of social contract money behind that's a huge that's a social contract of unlike any that we've ever seen on on a like a citizen driven issue. It's never been done before. Yeah. You cannot ignore that as John said. I completely agree with him. Uh, it's so interesting that you agree with someone who agreed with you. It's with me. <laughs> well, Thank you, you. You can't. You can't. You no, can't I, ignore. I'm, I'm there's twelve point four million dollars increasing every twenty thousand. Uh, I understand. I get it. I get it. Jeez, that's dope. You with the oh crazy my gosh. dope. Oh my gosh. Uh, so I want to hear in a little bit. I want to go over some of the uh, I don't know just fun stories from the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Here we've been focusing. Over here at the studio, I mean, we've been focusing a lot on, uh, you know, year in review. What are the big stories of the year? And we've been talking about the big political stories of the year. So yeah. I want I want to take a step back from that. You know, we could always go into, you know, uh, Tariffageddon, hashtag Tariffageddon. Thank you, Stu. Um, you know, we could go into How that. You. Yeah, we could. Uh, we could go into, you know, uh, Kavanaugh. We could go into Khashoggi. We could go into a lot of, uh, you know, prison reform, a lot of big stories of the year. But we talk about that all the time. And I think that, you know, it's about to be Christmas. We're about to all be taking some time off. It might be nice to just set politics aside just for a little while and just talk about, uh, you know, just some some fun stuff. Okay. Right? Do you want me to start or are you going to start? Um. Well, I can start. I was going to start... Uh, after the break here in a little bit, can I tell you something really quickly? Yeah. Did you know? I'm not sure if you know this. Um, Trump is racist. Well, I'm sure you know that because it's just a widely known thing. That well, Trump yeah. is very racist. And everyone else in the GOP. Yes. I mean, it's just weird. Yes. And fascist. Let me just give you, before we take a break and get into uh, a phone call and then something fun, something more light. Uh, Trump is a racist, in fact, because he is not building a wall on the Canadian border. <laughs> Did someone make all that those ca- white people oh yes a senator <laughs> i want you to guess which senator said that oh my gosh uh it's not uh did did, uh, did schumer say that chris murphy what chris murphy trump is a racist he doesn't want to build a border for all those white people 
Well, he gotta, wants to let the white people in. He doesn't want to let the brown people in. There's caravans of Canadians coming Hello, down. Hello, Canadians are too polite to cross the border illegally. We they're, don't need a wall. They're already too nice. They're forcing their Canadian bacon and French culture on us. This is bullcrap. <laughs> no more Canadian bacon. <laughs> Joking. Jason is trying to get my fiance not. in trouble. <laughs> is what's going on here behind the scenes here at uh, Blaze TV? Sarah Gonzalez and Jason Buttrell in the last thirty minutes that we will be filling in for Mr. Steve Dace. I'm kind of sad about I it. I am too. It's been a good like like I said vent session. Not gonna yeah. have that anymore. Yeah. Jo- wait, oh. Jason, you're you're saying you're you're venting? You, not, you you go on rants every once in a is while. Is that what you're? I wouldn't say I ramble, but I definitely go on rants. They're not rambling rants. I, mean, I would say you ramble. <laughs> that's a different story. Uh, let's talk to Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo. Let's go to Rick in uh, in Colorado. Colorado. Rick, hey, how are you? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, morning. First of all, uh, Sarah, congratulations. Hope you, you guys have a great wedding and a great uh, honeymoon. Thank you. Uh, both of you, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And Merry now... Christmas. To bring everybody down. Um, I <laughs> don't now that we got that are, out of the way. <laughs> I don't think people are seeing the major strategic moves that are happening here. Yeah. Turkey is changing alignment with Russia. Yeah. They are going to destroy the Kurds so that Turkey and Syria together now secure the southern flank for the Russian invasion of Europe. Yes. With uh, the Islamists throughout NATO, NATO will collapse like a house of cards in weeks. Pakistan is changing alignment with China. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of the Afghan war because Bush and Cheney managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, uh, which drives me crazy. The Spec Ops boys and the, the Northern Alliance had won that war. And then all of a sudden, NATO has to be there. That's insane. Yeah. Um, but the establishment of the Persian Empire. Moving back in, the only chance we have for that southern flank is if Turkey and Iran come into conflict. And considering they want to eliminate Saudi Arabia and Israel, that probably won't happen until after that takes place. Yeah, um, Rick, I, I'm so glad you're, you're thinking strategically. Um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to launch into another rant here, so uh, I'm going to let you go. Um, thanks for thanks for calling in. I really appreciate it, Rick in Colorado. Do I get um, a, a say in this <laughs> launching? I, I I didn't okay. agree. I'll do this to really quick. Rant. And Rick, uh, Rick, I hope you're still listening. Um, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I, I think that um, no, a lot of people aren't talking about Turkey. And uh, basically what I see the region going towards is a uh, kind of like a pick your caliphate. Turkey wants to reestablish dominance in the area. They're, they will be moving towards an eventual caliphate, I believe. Iran wants the same thing. Now, Turkey is only a begrudging ally with Russia right now. They have a few parallel uh, interests. But going forward, they are historic um, uh, competitors, They've never trusted each other. Uh, they never have, and I believe they never will. Right now, they've been working on some things together, but I don't think that goes forward. But um, but uh, Rick, who was Rick? Right, Rick. Yes. Rick brings up from Colorado brings up a, a a very good point about just how all of these different countries are going to be vying for power, and one of them will come out on top. And we're not there anymore, so we're not going to have much of a say on who does it. So it's like, who do you want to? 
you know, it's pick your poison. Would you rather have a Turkish caliphate? Would you rather have an Iranian caliphate? Because they're the ones that are going to be vying for power. Either way, Israel is screwed in, in, in each scenario. And, uh, and it also brings up the point of why is Turkey still in NATO? Why is Turkey still in NATO? I, I would have sanctioned uh, Erdogan. For everything he has been doing with the crackdown on his own people, the you know the forced imprisonment of like you know thousands and thousands of people, I would have sanctioned Erdogan. I would have made. I would have politically pushed in NATO to have him kicked out of NATO. Um, they don't. They don't deserve to be there anymore. They don't belong to be anymore. And they've used that political pressure to to basically do whatever they want uh, in, in Syria. And I said this would just take a couple minutes. I go on forever, but I'm going <clears> to <throat> stop right there. So there's so Rick is yeah, correct. There's I a know. lot of things that we should strategically be thinking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Carry sorry, on. you're done talking. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Wow. Uh, yes, where were we? Um, so lighthearted stuff. Yes, I would like to get now that you just blabby 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 blah. blah, 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 blah I would like to keep going, relations, but of course you're you're taking it lighthearted. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about a, a couple fun moments from, oh. or at least we can make fun of some of them. Oh, can I do this real quick? Yes, remember please, that? Jason. Yes, this I do is, remember it. So, like, are you like? Um, so I'm just, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask your fiance a question here because he's like he hanging is, out he's on the hanging couch. out I know I was actually gonna bring him in. you I won't be able to hear him and bring you him in. Here, but I'll like I'll like trans can, I'll go like, say what he says he can unless pull, that no, actually he's pulling works. Pulling up the, the mic. Does can this we mic, get the mic turned does on? Does Steven's mic work? Anyone know? Can we get Steven's mic on? Steven, have you uh, have you started your Christmas shopping? And there's no no lying no lying. He's done. Are yeah, you we're done? done? We're done completely, dude. And 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 but was this what? No, hold on. What percentage? Would you say of of Christmas shopping that you did versus what I did? What do you mean? What percentage? I mean, like uh, for for taking everyone? care of everyone else. Um, I don't, a, a lot of it. <laughs> it's probably eighty yeah. percent. He is that he normal did. behavior for you, or was that yeah. only when you met Miss Perfect here? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> before then, I only had to buy presents for you know people that were my family, so I had to do a hundred percent of it. But did you so. wait, or did you? No, do it no, early? I tried to get it done. He, no, I don't he, like I don't like to stress about it. And now with Amazon, it makes it a lot easier because it's basically like a weekend you go through and just get everything. See, now Amazon makes my Christmas shopping even worse because I know that I can procrastinate longer. So I even put it off, and I still only end up doing it until the weekend before Christmas. It's like ridiculous. But anyway, this reminds me. So this brings me to a point. I was just reading this story in CNBC that check this out, guys. So Black Friday is like one of the, it's like our largest shopping day of the year, mm-hmm. right? Supposed so, to be. So tomorrow will be will eclipse that number. Tomorrow, twenty six billion in sales will happen tomorrow. That's insane. on Saturday. And what's funny was I was reading through this article and they're talking about it and they're all collectively freaking out about the, the number. But they're saying that like one of the big reasons is because gas prices are so low. So like people are like go drive it out. That's laughable. That's like lol laughable. That's that's not the case. <laughs> The, the reason the being is because people like me. Phrases. Like these are my people. That's lol laughable. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to get millennial that's dope. here. Come on, that's, that's dope. dope. <laughs> that's dope, Jason. These are my words. <laughs> um, these are my people. This is the reason why Those because of people. procrastinators. It is. All it's you a bunch of men. I'm like leaving. Actually, it's a bunch of men. If I didn't have to fill in for Steve today, I would have been at the mall actually right now. I believe it. I'm gonna get a jump on it right now because tomorrow's gonna be insane. Yeah. Twenty six billion. Yeah. Give me a break. Okay, well, well, while you're in here, Stephen, um, and if anyone wants to call, I want to call. I want you to call in and give any kind of marriage tips that you would like to give to give to me. Eight 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 nine hundred three three nine three. But Jason, you know, actually, with all the calls that are lit up right there, if someone will come in with marriage advice, we'll shoot you right to the top. Actually, so you're guaranteed 
straight on. Yeah. So but sorry J- for the people that are already in there waiting. But Jason, uh, we're about to uh, we're about to tie the knot. What kind of advice can you give us? Oh man, uh, I th- I feel like it's appropriate for you to tell him. I just I'm always right. Now I feel like I'm it's, I'm gonna yeah, get. I already know that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a given. <laughs> No, that's like I, wow. How not go to not go too serious here? Because that's actually a serious uh, thing. Because I've 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 been married for seventeen years. Yeah, and I didn't that, like that was unfathomable, unfathomable back then. Because I was just a kid when we got married. Yeah, twenty one years old, something like twenty two, something like that. Yeah, that's amazing. Like I guess, and I don't know. Like if you've been in long distance relationships before, that you know that the first couple years are amazing. You know, like they're awesome. Um, and you think that you're going to have these like chunks of just awesome years, but you also have to realize that there's going to be chunks when it sucks. Yeah. Straight up. Like not chunks of, and, and in my, in my situation, there's been like not just chunks of days or hours or days or weeks even. I've had years that have been bad. You go through seasons, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, everyone in everyone's life, they go through seasons where it's, it's going to be a winter and it's cold and it's bleak, but yeah. uh, you will always have the spring. I, but I think if you go in with that, with say like, look, this is, there's no perfect relationship. You know, there's just not, there's never going to be that perfect relationship. Things aren't always going to be perfect. Yeah. But if you like, if you make that your main mission statement that, Hey, I know that things are going to be bad. I know there's many times when we're both going to want to say, screw this. Right. Get that out of your head. Put your head down, head into the wind, march up the hill because things will get better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I And I feel like we do a pretty good job of that already. We've had some, as I mentioned earlier in the show, you know, we've had some. Uh, some Alabama versus UT moments. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, honestly, it's funny because. <laughs> 2020. They're playing. They are. Oh, no. That's the impending Can divorce Can I come date. over for that? Yeah, that's the impending we divorce date. We might have to stack the fans on one ask side her, of the room. Ask her who she's cheering for. No, shut up. I have Shut to. Over UT? I have to. You lost your Texas citizenship. Okay, listen. Oh my for those of you who are listening, uh, my fiance hey, is a... You got some power. Fist bump across the room. It, <laughs> she's converted. So Another he, win for the patriarchy. He went, to, he went to Alabama. He is... I mean, it's like a cult out there. Straight you go. Up. You go to that school and you... Anything you wear from the moment you graduate until the day you die has to have the Alabama A on it. <laughs> I'm shocked that your your suit for the wedding doesn't have the A somewhere on it. But uh, so I was a big UT <laughs> fan. I still am. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. But I it's a thing with Alabama fans that when you marry into the family, you have to convert. Yeah. And when a man tells you to do something, you do it. Also, she, just, she likes to win. <laughs> I do. She likes to win. I will say it's much better than yes. marrying into a crappy college team. Yeah. Because I at least yeah. am but like, Sarah, okay. It's cyclical. It's like, do you will get it's back true. on top eventually? It's true. It and then he can wear burn orange with me. Will that happen, Stephen? He yeah, already has. I have a Texas shirt. I okay. got a picture to prove it. And yeah. you will and you will root for UT over Alabama when that cyclical change happens? No. Oh, no, see? It's not the same. No. <laughs> he won't do that. Um, no, but it's funny because I felt like one of the uh, one of the biggest issues that we had lately, I was like, man, we we really we very rarely fight right we don't fight we so we disagree but we do a really good job of talking to each other you know in a respectful way and working it out and uh i remembered one of the moments that stuck out in my mind was about college football um because you know people online were talking about texas winning and someone made the comment texas is back 
which I agreed with. And he went into this big, long thing about how Texas is not back just because they're winning some games. And I got so mad. Yeah, I was so mad at him. I can go through that rant again. I mean, I know that that's kind of what goes on in the show, right? Yeah, it is. It is. But I mean, go ahead if you'd like. But I'm just saying, like, what you were saying at the time was wrong. Okay, well, I'd actually love your opinion on this, Jason, because you're, you're a Texas, Texas guy. So here's my thought on that is Texas should not just shoot for this 9-3 and three kind of season. Now, I understand that things have been really bad. And it's great to have seasons where, you know, you're up there competing for Big 12 championships. But to me, Texas should be the like ultimate goal of being top five every year, kind of like what Oklahoma is right now, what Alabama, Clemson. They have the abilities to do that. So that was kind of my whole gist on that was Texas isn't back yet because that's where they should be. Right. So by saying they're back, you're doing them unjustice to saying yeah. this is where. They, they I can, never like, heard you use the term you're doing them injustice. That well. is not how you phrased it when we first spoke. I would like to point out. Um, in Stephen's defense, I think that's he used that word when we were talking about it later. Shut up, Jason. Uh, sh- <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Jason. Um, but it's the patriarchy. No, I, no, I totally. But no, I yeah, I, I think with saying they're back, I think, I think they're Texas fans are just so like they're just so glad to be competitive again. We're back That's, to being competitive. That was my point was we're back to at least being talked about. We had so many years where it, we, I was just like, okay, uh, how many years does it take to rebuild? Because every year it's like, it's a rebuilding year. It's a rebuilding year. Okay, I think, you know, uh, m- multiple years have passed now and we're still saying the same thing. So to be actually winning, to be ranked, to be, you know, all of these things, I felt like I could say Texas is back. And he was like, well, you haven't won a championship yet. (laughs) And I was like, excuse me, Mr. National Championship, Mr. Dynasty. Not everyone gets to win championships. Mr. National Championship every single frigging year. Yeah. Um, but but I would also like to point out that you can't say we anymore. If you've just conceded on air that you're going to vote for Alabama over Vote Texas, for Alabama. Or root I'm for not, Alabama. I'm not voting. Then, then you're voting for them with your cheers over Texas. <laughs> then you've lost the ability to say we. So you can't no, say I disagree. <laughs> I'm just, that is just how dedicated I am to my future husband. Okay. I can still say, I can, I can oscillate. I can go back and forth when I need to. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, all it's right. Called, it's also called bandwagoner fan. That's another, another bandwagoner fan. Bandwagoner. Bag, that's actually Look in that the up dictionary. in the dictionary. It's actually in the dictionary. <laughs> Merriam-Webster.com. Bandwagoner. Um, all right. Well, really quickly, just because we started, we got off talking about, uh, talking about marriage. I do want to play really quickly, just because I said that we would get to some fun moments. I just want to make fun of the Me Too movement, and this is the perfect way to do it. Let's really quickly get into, I don't, Jason said he didn't remember that there was a Jack in the Box commercial that Me Too was so mad about. Let's play that. While other burger places serve the same old stuff, I'm the only one with the bowls to serve something different. I mean, just look at my teriyaki bowls. Choose from steak or chicken, covered in teriyaki sauce, plus your choice of white or brown rice. What about these bowls, Jack? Hey, you got some pretty nice bowls there, and so does Dan. (laughs) Thanks, Jack. Those are some nice bowls. Everyone's going to want to get their hands on Jack's bowls. (laughs) Come try my bowls! Jack, the lawyers aren't comfortable with the new marketing campaign. Why? People love my bowls. See that right there? You can't say that. I can't say people love my bowls? No. What about try my bowls? Nope. Check out my bowls? Absolutely not. What about my bowls are sweaty? I never saw... (laughs) (laughs) 
We here at Jack in the Box offer sweaty bowls. <laughs> Condensation. <laughs> That's so great. Uh, yeah. So um, oh, I just thought that, the, that it would be a, a nice, nice time to just relive some of these, some of these fun moments. Uh, do you guys remember the uh, the Yanny Laurel? No. No. You don't remember Yanny Stephen? You remember Yanny Laurel? Oh yeah. Yanny sure. Laurel. Remember There's the it, audio track that uh, you know if you listened and you heard Yanny one time, other people heard Laurel. Did you, you don't remember that? Huh. Okay, all right, okay. Let's let's like, play a clip. Let's play a clip of the very weak of on. the White House administration uh, listening to this because I want to I want to know what Jason hears. So clearly Laurel. <laughs> it's Laurel. But I could deflect and divert to Yanny if you What's need that? me to. Derek, some reported Jason. that you hear Laurel. How do you respond? Clearly you're getting your information from CNN because that's fake news. Uh, all I hear is Yanni. Oh man, that's Laurel. <laughs> Laurel. It's, it's Laurel, America. Definitely hashtag Laurel. Yeah. Who's Yanny? I hear Kofefi. I hear Kofefe. That was actually a great <laughs> moment from the president. You did you hear you you heard Yanny? Yanny. Yeah. I heard Yanny too. I heard Laurel. Wow. How? That's crazy. It very clearly said Yanny. Yanny. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that is weird. So that's uh, like that's that's the perfect example of how they're just not in touch with like any kind of humor or anything. It really wasn't. You know what I mean? Like you show Mike Pence up there, you show Kellyanne Conway or Huckabee Sanders. It's like it's almost cringeworthy. But the only thing, funny thing was uh, Trump saying, I heard Kofefe, really, to me. Yeah, that, well, I think that, but I think that was the point of the video, was that they wanted to build it up to be, everyone was just giving their reaction on whether or not it was Yanny or Laurel. I think, that, I think they, I think they so desperately wanted, for the president. they so desperately wanted to, like, do some of those videos, kind of like what, what Obama used to do, because they nailed it, like, every single time. I don't remember those. Really? I've yeah. tried to purge the Obama era from my memory. So I don't remember what, what did they do? I think they, yeah, they actually, they started these little social media videos. I, and I can't think off the top of my head, like the, the subject matter, what they were, but they were always good. Like really? they, they, they were just always done really, really well. Um, but I mean, it's like, it's, it's almost like, it's funny cause they started doing things like that. And then like, I remember Ted Cruz started trying to do like, remember when he, did you, do you remember when he like started reading Simpson scripts and try to do it in the voices of no. the Simpsons? No. Oh my gosh. Awful. It was bad. Well, that's shocking. I'm <laughs> yeah. shocked that Ted Cruz wouldn't be able to pull off a, a video like that. I'm going to show him I'm hip. I'm cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm dope. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> huh. Kind of reminds me of someone that I know. Shut up. I won't name any names. Shut your mouth. I won't name any names. Um, no, but that, so that Me Too commercial made me think of a conversation, actually, that the three of us were having yesterday about uh, if we went back and talked about Saturday Night Live skits that were totally funny then and would be super inappropriate now. Oh, yeah. There would be so many of them. Mm-hmm. Every one of them, I think. It, it's Pat. Yeah, you oh, you do couldn't that. do that. No you way. couldn't do that. You couldn't do that. You no. can't be making fun of someone's gender. They would be or bo- maybe you could do that because it's unclear what gender Pat is because Pat is, in fact, gender fluid. I don't think you couldn't touch it. I, I think that they you run something like that, and I bet they instantly have calls to boycott their, uh, you know, for uh, their sponsors to boycott. guaranteed it would have been crazy all right uh thoughts on 2019 how's it gonna be gonna be good gonna be bad oh gosh we're supposed to end on a high note on the show (laughs) well then i'm gonna say it's gonna be good do you really believe that no okay personally yes i'm excited we're gonna go to the beach we're gonna spend new year's on the beach uh, other than that, 20, I'm not looking forward to it. 2019, I, I can almost guarantee the president's going to be impeached by the House. 
Um, yeah. I think oh, absolutely. It'll go to the Senate, but it will get denied the Senate. Unless the Mueller investigation concludes showing something that they cannot turn a blind eye to. Yeah. But I, which I don't think that's going to happen. 2019 so. is going to be a circus, but we're excited to share it with you guys. It's going to be fun. Yes. It will be a wild ride. Everyone have a Merry Christmas. Yes. And we will see you in the new year. Bye. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.